This is Ingewikkeld Sessions, the podcast. Organized by Ingewikkeld, each month you'll get a live stream on YouTube and a podcast on the same topic. That topic is always related to software development in one way or another. If you don't want to miss a thing, subscribe to both our YouTube channel and podcast. Let's start. Welcome to the Ingewikkeld Sessions podcast. Uh, my name is Stefan Koopmanschap. I am one of the two people uh, that was present during the live stream two weeks ago. And um, I'm, I'm one of the owners of Ingewikkeld. Um, uh, with me is Jaap. Hi Jaap. Hello. Um, I'm Jaap, uh, one of the developers working for Ingewikkeld. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jaapio. Um, and... Um, if you want to see more of my work, you can always check PHP Documenter for my open source work and more interesting unit tests um, to see some more examples of what unit tests can bring you. Yes, exactly. So this is about unit testing. This podcast, uh, the live stream that we had two weeks ago was also about unit testing. Before we dive into some of the questions on why you would unit test and things like that, can you shortly summarize what did you do during the live stream two weeks ago? During the live stream, I showed some basic sec- examples of um, how to get started with your first unit tests. Um, what are the common pitfalls of uh, writing a unit test? How to avoid duplication? And um, what useful f- features does PHP unit have to... Um, to help you to write the tests and what the um, what the basics of a simple test case are. Right. So um, for those that that think, oh, this is great. Um, if you want, you can actually uh, check this live stream. It's not uh, on YouTube anymore. However, uh, we do have a Patreon uh, where if you pay three euros a month then you get access to our uh, full archive, which at this point is one video. But of course, this will be added to every month in the the coming year. Uh, So uh, feel free if you want to support us to do that and and we'll give you the added bonus of of getting access to our our archive of live streams. Um, So that was, uh, your your live stream was very practical. Um, But let's take this podcast to also look a bit about the theory behind unit testing, like um, if I if I if I'm programming and I have a piece of code and I refresh in the browser to see if it works, isn't that enough? Why should I do unit testing? Well, um, unit testing or automated testing in general will help you to um, to to speed up your uh, feedback loop. Um, setting up a a test scenario in your browser again and again while developing uh, a certain feature uh, takes time, especially if the situation becomes complex. Um, And uh, as a developer, it helps you a lot if you get fast feedback from an automated environment that um, is um, fully uh, repeatable without um, uh, too much uh, handwork right so so what what does that mean for me if I'm developing uh, what happens well uh, for me it means that the um, writing a test is part of, of doing my job so if I write a, a, a piece of code I will automatically um, 
write a unit test to uh, to cover the new feature I'm implementing, and um, that that means that I I can um, uh, show my colleagues. Okay, I I covered all those scenarios. I I, I think uh, I thought about these steps. Did I forgot something? Um, so it's a, a way of communicating between people, but also communicating between me, uh, my, f- uh, my, my uh, past me, and and me at this moment. Because I can't remember all the the the, the details and um, business rules that I have implemented in the past. Okay, so uh, what you're saying is that a test is not just a test. A test is not just a test. It, it's also. Um, Especially with with the test docs uh, I showed in the uh, in the live stream two weeks ago, um, it's also part of your documentation um, to uh, to to fully describe what the function in a, a specific class is doing, what the behavior of your class is. But I could do that uh, using a PHP Documenter or any type of documentation. Why would I do that in a unit test? Well. Um, the the down part of handwritten documentation is that it's never validated, and um, unit tests uh, unit tests um, are self-validating because you can actually execute them. Um, so it's basically um, a form of of documentation that you can execute, um, and and it will check the, the the code to be as uh, to do the same thing as before your uh, your changes. So it will also help you to um, to make sure that you never break at least the covered parts of your code. Now, talking about the covered parts of your code, uh, what what kind of things should I should I test? Should I test everything? Or are there specific parts that I should test and other parts that I shouldn't do? Um, well, in general, you can say, uh, yes, you have to test everything. However, there are some methods and maybe parts of your code that are not that interesting to, to test. And you might want to focus, especially when you're starting with unit tests in, in, in a larger project, on the most complex uh, scenarios or al- algorithms in your in your code. Um so my advice would be to get started with some simple um, basic get and set methods to, to test, um, but don't try to, uh, to test PHP itself. Um, PHP became uh, type strict or type stricter uh, in, in the past years, and it doesn't really make sense to, to check if your um, your constructor accepts an uh, just an integer as arguments, um, so don't try to to test the um, the environment, but just test your own uh, own code. Okay, but uh, I write a lot of code that it, it that it may not be easy to test because uh, it outputs HTML or uh, something like that. Um, how do I handle things like that? Well, that's an inter- interesting question. Um, handling HTML in unit tests is a is a problem because HTML is kind of hard to um, to verify. Um, and 
most likely it's not the thing you want to verify. You want to verify the outcome of an algorithm or um, the the things that are, are actually shown on the screen to the user. It doesn't really make sense if you are using uh, or yeah, it doesn't really matter for a user if you're using uh, a bolt tag or a span with a strong um, uh, or or a bolt uh, CSS line in it. Um, so, uh, what you want to cover in your tests are um, the outcomes of your system and not the the internals of your system. Okay. Okay, so there's there's certain things that I can skip, like outputting a bold tag or a CSS tag or something like that. But instead, I should focus on, uh, um, uh, yeah, what what is it? The the behavior of of the code. Yeah, basically on the behavior of your code or or what your use your end user uh, uh, sees. Um, and in case of of functions, when we are talking about unit tests. Um, you want to just check the, um, the the return values of your methods and not the uh, not the internals. It does help to to check the internals to uh, to see if you covered everything. But the only things you should test are the public interfaces of your uh, of your classes and um, uh, not not what's happening behind the scenes. Right. That, that's not the interesting part um, to test. Okay, so now uh, I, I started writing unit tests instead of uh, refreshing my browser every time I'd make a change. Uh, does that mean that I, I don't have to manually test anymore? Well, um, testing happens on different layers. Um, and of course, unit testing is one of the parts, uh, one of the layers you can do uh, uh, on testing. Um, but like you have um, different scenarios to test, you also have different purposes of tests. Uh, in some situations, you want to test the uh, the load you syst your systems can handle, but it will never be done using a unit test. You will have to write a different type of tests. Um, and the same things applies on, on uh, performance or um, uh, full system integration tests where you're actually sending emails, which is also a hard thing to cover uh, using unit tests. Um, so ju just keep in mind that uh, unit tests are part of your test suite and it's not the test suite uh, uh, firing you from doing anything else regarding testing. Um, I, I don't know if uh, how this works for your current customer, for example, where you're, where you're working. Um, they, they will have different types of testing, right? Or maybe they, they do have uh, a person that is specialized in testing. Oh, yes, uh, for sure. Uh, there is uh, not just unit tests. There's also what they call integration tests, uh, which not test one specific method, but they test like the whole flow through... Uh, for for a class or or, uh, or or even multiple classes uh, and and things like that, um, and they they have people that actually test uh, the the functioning of the application uh, based on certain scripts that they have of if you do this now and then you do that and then you do that and then you should see this. 
why is that part not automated? Because that that's also a thing you might want to automate with with testing. And and uh, um, a PHP unit is is not the most uh, advanced tool regarding this kind of tests. But I know Symfony has uh, has written, for example, some interesting libraries to do browser tests using U- uh, PHP unit um, to to automate this kind of cr- uh, of scripts. Yeah, so the main reason for that is that it's a very JavaScript-heavy thing, and I know there are tools for that as well, and they're probably working on it, but uh, since front-end is not really my thing, uh, I'm not involved in that. So that's okay. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll let them decide on, uh, on how to do that uh, further. Um, so when I start writing a unit test, and uh, uh, how, how does that work in terms of... Um, uh, when I have like a couple of if statements or a for each in there and I, uh, uh, maybe a switch statement in there, um, do I, th- th- my test method gets really, really big then at some point or, or th- can I do that in a different way? Well, um, I, I try to, um, to, to have a single assertion in my, uh, in my tests, which means that um, I'm not doing just one assert met- <coughs> method, but I try to assert just one scenario. Okay. Um, uh, so um, if you have a, a function uh, having multiple paths in your code, um, uh, I, I would write a separate test case for each um, of those paths. Um Maybe combine some of them using a data provider, like you can see in the de- uh, in the live stream. Um, but yeah, that that's basically what I would do. Um, so not try to combine too many things in in one single uh, test case. That will make it even harder for you to um, to maintain those tests, but also to understand the output of of what's happening when something fails. Um, uh, keeping your tests small will also help you to um, to to detect where um, uh, where you broke something during a refactoring uh, iteration or uh, during introducing that nice new feature that your customer wants to have. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I uh, do a lot is that I I start out not by actually writing the tests but just the the test function names mm-hmm. uh, and thereby I basically define the scenarios uh, that I that I'm going to test yeah that makes sense yeah uh, and and then uh, because then uh, uh, I, because there's not a lot of code in there yet uh, I can see exactly which scenarios I have there uh, and I I can spot usually I can spot <laughs> which scenarios are missing uh, so I can add those and then start writing the tests yeah but it means that you already have this this full um, algorithm um, in your head while while writing this test, right? Yeah. So, and and it might be even harder when you have a a, a large uh, algorithm or a complex algorithm. Um, so, what I tend to do in that situation is just open up the the uh, the, the code, put that next to the um, uh, to the new fresh test file I write, and then. Try to follow the the if statements in your code and just try to cover that. 
Um, I know PHP Unit is working on, uh, I'm not sure if they already released it, uh, uh, together with the developers of um, Xdebug, uh, to to have some um, some metrics on, on path coverage. It's kind of new. Um, and um, I know Sebastian is working on this. Uh, but also struggling a bit with the uh, with the actual reporting because reporting on this is kind of hard because you know um, paths are uh, there. There's no general way in um, in in code coverage reports uh, in tools around um, uh, to to display the, the 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 paths of your code. Um, so. Um, if people have nice ideas to to improve that, I'm I'm sure he will accept pull requests for that. Um, uh, but another thing, another nice tool I I, uh, I I discovered recently is in uh, in in PHP uh, is infection, uh, which is um, um, a, a mutation testing f uh, tool which modifies the. Uh, PHP code executed by your tests um, to check if you are covering all paths. So they are actually modifying the code to to see how good your test is covering the um, yeah the actual code, and that also helps a lot to to see what spots are missing. So how how many mutants are escaped, as they call it. Um, uh, and it will provide you very, very nice uh, uh, insight on how good your tests are, but also how many paths you are covering. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point because with uh, code coverage, uh, uh, there was a long time when people thought if I have a high code coverage, then I have good tests. Um, where uh, that isn't necessarily true, and code coverage sh actually tells you more about the stuff that you didn't test and not really about the stuff that you did test, right? Yeah, I, I think it, that that's true. Um, uh, it's kind of easy to to get a, a high code a high code coverage without proper tests. Um, if you just put um, or if your method just returns once um, and has a few if statements, it's yeah, it 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 will be easy to to get a high code co uh, coverage percentage, but it doesn't tell you. Um, how many of the paths in your code are actually um, executed during your tests? Yeah, yeah so that th this is something where that infection tool that you mentioned is uh, is, is useful yeah. to, to be able to figure out which parts you didn't actually exactly. cover yet. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's great. Um, now, a lot of the times that I talk to people about testing, uh, I, I get feedback. Uh, well, we only write basic unit tests because the test writing the tests takes a lot of time, um, and you know how how do you handle a situation like that? Because the testing is important. Yeah, testing is important, and we all know that testing is important um, because um, if you write a part of code, you will test it manually. I I guess, or I hope. Uh, before shipping it to your customers, but uh, I, I think one of the things is uh, that you have to keep in mind is that uh, unit tests are your lifeline for, as a developer to uh, to make sure that you won't fall down when 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 you are refactoring parts. Like um, 
I explained it um, a, a few weeks ago to somebody like uh, climbing a mountain without um, knowing where to go um, without any any ropes attached to the wall uh, what will happen if you just uh, missed something it it, it it might cost your life and in in our case it might it will not take any lives most in most situations but there are t- situations where um, people are um, protected by the software just just think about planes cars uh, etc um, if those developers didn't write their test properly if the software wasn't right properly it will actually cost lives so it, it it's 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 very important to to write your tests yeah it's uh, interesting how um uh, just this week i was looking uh, i was watching on netflix uh, downfall which is a documentary on boeing who had a very high reputation when it came to security and then at some point they were they were bought out uh, there was new management and they decided security wasn't important anymore and then in the, in in the span of a couple of months two planes crashed uh, which could have been prevented by by having more focus on security, uh, which I guess is very much similar to the the situation that you were describing. Of course, most of the work that we do is not on planes and and, and things like no. that, and not the, not a lot of people will actually die from that. But uh, well, it, it it might cost money for for a company. Exactly. exactly. The, the consequences are still there, and uh, so it's it's still really important to make sure that uh, whatever you ship is uh, high enough quality that uh, that it won't cause problems. Well, it, I, I, in my opinion, is it's part of your job as a, as a as a professional to um, to deliver those tests. Right. There, there's. Um, if you think you can um, work without tests, um, I think you're you're just lying to yourself. Um, because nobody can fully oversee all consequences of all changes you're doing in a complex system. And if it's in a small part, yeah, of course you will be able to to check that. Um, if there are just two if statements but what what happens if the, uh, there are four or five if statements how many scenarios how many paths will you have in your code will you, will you be able to test them all all the time every time you change something there i i, I don't i don't believe those people uh, one other thing that i've noticed when i was uh, when i am writing tests is um that um writing the test makes me uh, usually triggers me to refactor the code because I start thinking in a different way about the code that I've written, um, and that actually improves the, the the structure of the code and and for instance things like single responsibility and and things like that. Um, do you have any experience with that? Yeah, I, I think one of the um, I, of the most uh, fascinating examples I saw from that was that. Um, uh, during a workso- uh, workshop, uh, test-driven development, which is a different approach of, of um, uh, writing your tests, writing your tests first and then uh, the actual code, was that um, there are some common mutations in, in code that will uh, just appear when you are in- increasing the, the, the scenarios 
uh, of your code. For example, um, think about an if statement. The, fir the first time you enter an if statement, it's just an if statement. But if you want to repeat that if statement, you can simply transfer it, uh, transform it into a while. It's still an if statement, but it's now it's a loop. So the, be uh, the body of your if statement will be executed repeatedly. Um, and that's just a small example of what might happen uh, with your code. But uh, I, I think your, your example of um, uh, improving your code on, on single responsibility is also a great example. Um, uh, uh, because uh, when your code has too many dependencies, um, it will be harder to, to test them in isolation, which you want to do in unit tests. Yeah, I think that 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 will help, and it, it happens multiple times. Uh, uh, it happened to multiple times to me. Um, the other uh, the other side is also true. When you're writing extensively unit tests, it could also complicate your code more because um, you are extracting too much. Yeah. So there's also kind of a trade-off there. Uh, um, how far you should you go um, in extracting things? Uh, add another layer of, of extraction, uh, abstraction there. Do you have a, a way to determine what is the best place to stop writing new tests or uh, stop writing, uh, stop abstracting things away into separate classes? It, it, it should make sense what, what you are doing. Right. Uh, um, the basic criteria of stopping with testing is uh, time's up, money's up, <laughs> um, um, or we're not getting there um, to to ship what uh, what's promised to to be shipped in the de uh, in, in this new release. Um, so keep in mind that you uh, cover as much as possible in the time you have. Um, that's basically for me the the, the 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 moment to stop writing tests if time's up. Right. Okay. The, um, there's one more thing uh, before we end this podcast. There's one more thing that I want to touch upon. Um, uh, I I come into a lot of companies um, that have uh, big legacy systems um, and. Uh, sometimes those systems they started working on that like 10 years ago 15 years ago when unit testing wasn't really a big thing back then mm -hmm. I mean it PCP unit existed and you could test but people didn't do that that much um, so their code base is not really tested that much now if I have a, a big legacy system where do I start well the the most important thing is if you want to start writing unit tests or automated tests, just start today. Um, there's no um, there no magic moment where it's easy to start writing tests. Um, it just gets started. That's the that's the most important thing you can do. Um, and secondly, do to uh, to get to get started, that might be hard in a in a, in a complex system that's written like PHP uh, in a in a PHP four style or, or something like that with large scripts with thousands of lines of code. Um, and my advice in that situation would be um, extract the parts that you want to test. 
just extract them into fun- into functions and test those functions. Those, uh, a unit test doesn't have to uh, to cover uh, a class. It can also just cover a single function, um, and it will help you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that sounds like a, a good plan. Uh, one thing that I found out as well is. Uh, with le- large legacy code bases is that it's uh, useful to um, once you encounter like a bug or something write a test for that bug or at least for the expected behavior then fix the bug and and then uh, even though it's not like uh, a full test suite um, you're you're writing your tests based on the shit that goes wrong yeah uh, which is of course the things that you want to fix. Uh, so that if you start there, then at some point you will build up on uh, a nice code base or test base, really, uh, for for testing that legacy code base. Yeah, I, I think that helps a lot if you um, if you write a test for a bug or try to reproduce a bug using a test, um, uh, um, and you will assert on the expected scenario. You will actually make sure that that bug will never be reintroduced. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, I want to thank you very much uh, for sharing this knowledge uh, with me and, of course, uh, with, with people listening. Um, if they want to... I- is there, like, one starting point uh, for writing unit tests? Where, where should people start, aside from this podcast? Well, uh, of course, uh, have a look at the live stream to to get started. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't know any um, any good resources to get started. Um, the PHP unit documentation is quite um, complex for for beginners. I I think the the uh, the best recommendation I can give you right now is just install PHP unit using the documentation because that part is nicely covered and just get started writing your first test. It isn't that hard. Right. It's just get your feet wet. Yeah. And and of course, the more experience you get, the easier it becomes. Yeah, of course. But it's just like writing code. Your first lines of code were not perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they will never be perfect, of course. No. But you're always learning. Okay, well, thank you very much, Jaap. Uh, thank you very much for listening as well. Um, if you like this podcast, uh, then uh, please subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app. We should be available everywhere. And if you're missing us somewhere, let us know. Um, also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, to be informed about new live streams. Uh, we will be doing one every month. And the next one is on uh, April 5th. Um, and it will be on starting with development. Uh, It will be a panel discussion. We'll get some people together and we'll talk about, you know, the things that you run into when you start developing or things like that. Um, So subscribe to our YouTube channel to get informed. And if you want to support us in any way or if you want access to to the archive of the live streams, then go to patreon.com slash ingewikkeld and, uh, well... Get a, get yourself the, those those three euros out of your pocket and into our pocket uh, to to be able to support us and also then uh, get access to the back catalog of our live streams. Thank you very much, and we speak to you next month. That's it for this month. Thanks for listening. 
If you like what we're doing, please share our links on social media. Also, please subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app and follow us on YouTube. And you can also support us financially on patreon.com slash ingewikkeld. See you next month.